0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Not About Us, another conversation. Uh, This one's going to take place on October 23rd. A fair amount to discuss, so I think we'll get right into it. As always, I'm Brad.
1: And I'm Scott. And this is Not About Us.
0: Well, Scott, we had a small hiatus last week, um, family in town. Yep. Uh, we had, believe it or not, guys, we have lives too. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, I don't believe it. So I, I, I wish, I sometimes do wish that I could just make the podcast my absolute focus because I do think they're important. I do think that they give glory to God, but sometimes um, I also have another boss in my life, my, my wife. <laughs> And she does want me to, uh, uh, you know, to be with her and do things with her and contribute to our family. And I'm not complaining about that by any means. Um, But yeah, so we took a a week off and we're back and got a few things that uh, I want to talk about. I think you do too, Scott. Um, Oh, just a couple. But we're not going to be able to do this properly if we don't do the right thing and uh, bring in who this is actually about. So, Scott, would you do the honor of uh, sending the invitation and getting the Spirit in here?
1: Absolutely. Yahweh God, we just praise you and we thank you. And once again, we just ask you to glorify yourself. Let us be knocked down. Let you be lifted up. Our our design, our purpose, our desire is that you be the light that we're raising uh, you be the city on a hill. You be what draws all men to you. We thank you, God, for making us your vessels in, as part of this. We yes. thank you for allowing us the ability to be part of your glory and, and your grace and your goodness Hallelujah. So we just want to take that seriously, and we're gonna have fun in our conversations pieces we're we're just gonna let it go where it will but but this is a conversation this is a prayer not just to you but with you so you be involved, you be the speaker, we will be the pen, but you be the hand and and you move us the way you will glorify yourself. Yahweh God. Hallelujah. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Scott. All right. Well, do you have anything that you want to start us off with?
1: Uh, just, uh, I'll go ahead and get my shout out out of the way.
0: Yeah. I like
1: that. Uh, now I know I'm going back, uh, to another artist, another musical artist here, but he's been on my heart a lot lately. Uh, he hasn't really been in, hasn't really done a lot of new stuff lately, but uh, Russ Taff is an artist that that I grew up with and, and still you know has done uh, things here and there, but I've just had several of his songs on my heart. They've just meant a lot to me lately. Uh, he's meant a lot to me his whole life, or, or my whole life, and... You know, and there's so many i i could just you know, if if i just do musical artists from here on out you know i'll i'll go another you know year of these and and start keep naming people one by one uh so but he's one that that several of his songs have just come back to me and it's like god has just led me back to them say this this is the message i want you to have right now and i appreciate it when that happens uh, because to me, it, it's like it's just sort of confirmation that that God, that that the artist was allowing God to speak through them in this moment, and and so once again, uh, Rustaff, uh, I very much doubt you're listening, as we're a you know little tiny little nothing, but if you happen to catch this, thank you. I just thank you. Uh for those of you who don't know who he is, uh used to be a member of the Imperials many years ago. Uh for a brief stint, uh for a year or two there, he was the voice of college football. Uh kind of uh, the way the you know Monday night football has their their lead in, he was he was uh the intro for Monday night football. You probably didn't know that at the time. He was just <laughs> The voice, uh, I want to say it was The Best Is Here, is the the theme song that they had for uh, college football for a year or two. Uh, So he's been around. He's done a lot of stuff. But, you know, a lot of people just don't know who he is that don't realize what's going on. He's got an amazing voice. I love the quality of his voice. But the reason I point out people is not so much the quality of their talent as the quality of their heart. And, and again, nobody's perfect. I'm not trying to lift him up and claim he is perfect, but I just, I appreciate you, uh, Russ Taff. And, and one of your songs in particular uh, that I've been listening to, well, I Cry has been one of them because that's been a help to me. Oh, I lost it now. Uh, the, The Way Home. I don't think that's the name of the song though. Is it the name of the song? The Way Home? Okay. But that one, you know, it just hit me because, you know, like, like most people, I go through a lot of stuff where I fall, I screw up, and I look back and go, what have I done? And I just really appreciate that song because in my life, too, I've had a lot of ways where I've walked away uh, in my life where I, I've said, I, that, I'm really intrigued by that. And I've talked about this before in my podcast. I, porn hit me heavily. Especially earlier on in my life, and uh, but no matter where I've done, no matter what I've gone to, no matter how I've walked away, I've never walked so far that I've forgotten my way home. I've never in my life once once I became a Christian, once I know who God know, knew who God was, I've never denied that. Whenever I've sinned, I've acknowledged. I'm in sin right now. This is wrong. But I've never given up on that, that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I've never denied him as God. I've never walked away and said, you know what? No, this is no good. God, God does not exist. God, God is not who he said he was. I've never walked away from that, and I never will. Um, and I, just, I appreciated that. I've never walked so far that I've forgotten my way home. The best things always bring you back again. And that that song just has really spoken to me lately, and I appreciate you for it, Russ
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry, Scott, I'll make a small correction. I was not in my head yes that that was the name of the song. Uh, the album is named The Way Home.
1: Thank you. I I didn't think... But the song, I I feel, is I always think of it that way as the way home. But it's not. It's the name of the song is something else, Uh, and and I'm blanking on it.
0: Let's see. On that album, you've got Winds of Change. That's
1: it. Winds of Change. Okay. Yeah. The hands of time go round and round. They don't slow down as you lose your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know that. That's it. Thank you. I always think of it as the (laughs) way home, and I know that's not. So, you know, anyway, um, what have you got for us today, Brad? First thing I want to talk about, um, I, I
0: okay, I don't like going from the shout out to something maybe not so much fun, but um, something major happened this week that some in the world might applaud um, people who know the truth. Um,
1: uh, it was probably, very depressing.
0: Yeah, it was very, it wasn't so great. Um, and it just, to me, it just gives credit that there is stuff going on right now, uh, on the spiritual, uh, there is a battle going on and we really do as Christians, uh, need to examine where we stand
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we need to examine if we're in the right mindset, if we're, if we're fighting the right battle. Um, the Pope. And came out to this week and and uh, acknowledged his opinion that uh, homosexuality is okay and on a spiritual level I just couldn't I just couldn't help but see that as the ultimate punch to the Word of God from mm-hmm. the man that many in this world look up to as you know God's person on earth that should know better and Mm -hmm. I I don't know you talked last time about being riled up Scott and and I'm gonna try really hard because I don't want to I I don't want it to be a battle cry that we need to go out and ah but Mm -hmm. but that was that was not good it was not as we've talked about before (laughs) that does not function correctly that's not um, in your studies in Genesis and yeah. in my own studies and whatnot, we know that that's not functioning correctly. We know that that's not right. That's not what God yeah. uh, wants for us.
1: And... You said it, uh the Pope expressed his opinion. Unfortunately, we know the truth that it doesn't line up with God's opinion.
0: Exactly. And what breaks my heart is I think we've I think we without knowing that it was going to come to this we have in previous podcasts been talking about these same things about someone who uh misguides with mm-hmm. information yes um this is not You're right from God this is his opinion and there will be those that will argue with me and say that he is the representative and blah blah, blah. I don't know I'm sorry um as we have said before if you examine Scripture and it doesn't line up with what was said by God, it can't be from God. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that got me a little. I got it
1: got me a little emotional because because you know people are going to be deceived by this. Yeah. You know he is supposed to be someone who is is expressing God's will and he's not. And you're right. We have brought this up many times before. Is people are hurt people suffer uh, in the genesis podcast talking about uh, Eve and the the serpent representing the holy spirit and people following them as if they're supposed to be and when they're not people follow because they believe they're gods they uh, god's apostrophes they you know they they're god's chosen and, and when they're not, many people blindly follow them into destruction, and that hurts.
0: And that's where I'm at. That's why I'm so emotional, because you say in our shout-outs, and it's so true, we're a small little thing, and I feel like I'm trying my hardest. I am trying to reach out and tell you that this is wrong, and that god loves you and i'm trying to glorify him and all of this but at the same time i realize i'm going to touch very few people and he's going to touch so many with his yeah. wrong information and it breaks my heart so that i'm that's where i'm at that's where my spirit is i just mm-hmm. i saw that for what it was it was it was a spiritual punch in the face and i and i've already had some concerns about uh, this pope and and some of the stuff he's been doing um, before and during COVID. He was uh, really working on trying to make a one-world religion. He was trying to sign a pact with other religious leaders. This is this man does not represent Christ, and how can we say that he does? And. I mean, the man bowed down to a a Buddhist idol, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and 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 I don't want anyone listening to think that I'm putting down any of those people. I am upset about the enemy behind it. I'm upset about the spirit that's behind it. I'm not upset with you personally. I can't be. If I start judging you, then I have to judge myself, and I'm in the same boat that you are. <laughs> I'm in the position of being undeserving of God's love and his grace. I have just accepted the free gift that he gave me. So I'm not coming at you with judgment and saying the things that you're doing are wrong, but I am very, very upset about the spirits that are misleading people. And I just, I guess I feel the weight of not being able to do more.
1: Yeah. I'm with you, um it hurts. I'm rereading a book right now, uh and I mentioned it here before. I don't have the f- i don't have enough faith to be an atheist and and it's just just the sadness of reading this and and knowing the truth and and knowing. The evidence, and knowing that science, and knowing that the weight of reality is is God's, and the more I read, the more I, it just impresses upon me how people don't see it. Uh, and he talks about that in the book too. That uh, when the evidence says one thing and you continue to reject it uh you cannot say your your decision is no longer logical it's volitional it's based completely on your will not on the evidence at hand and it's depressing it is so depressing to see the truth to know the truth and to recognize that nobody around you wants the truth.
0: That truth doesn't necessarily feel good, Scott. And I think that's the problem is people are too focused on what makes me feel good. And I'm just I'm just struggling with that concept. How do I explain to people that what makes you feel good is not going to be good for your eternity? <laughs> So that's where I'm at, and, I'm, and I didn't want to bring this down. I just—it's um, just that that riled me up, and, it, and that's that's where my spirit is truthfully. Truthfully, my spirit is broken right now.
1: And it should be. I'm going to go back to another book we've mentioned before. Uh, the uh, well, I I think of it as the vision because uh, he. Uh, Rick Joyner put uh, it it was combined two books were put into one combined into one book and he called that the vision but it was the final quest and the call I believe it was in the final quest it might have been the call but at one point he's standing before God and God is crying for humanity and a tear rolls down his cheek and he he takes that tear with one finger and he hands it to Rick Joyner and, and he tells him to drink, and he's drinking the tear of God, and he says, I'd never tasted anything so bitter in all my life. He said, I knew I couldn't drink much, but I was determined to drink as much as I could, and he tried to drink until he couldn't drink anymore, and he started crying with the tears of God, and he knew this was good. He knew that he was feeling what God felt for humanity, so these this sorrow that you're feeling, Brad, and hopefully you, the listener, are feeling, this is a good thing. It's it's connection to God's heart, hurting for the world, hurting for the deception. Like you said, not hating people, hating the sin that holds them uh, in in bondage. It's hating the spiritual deception behind what's going on that is trying to kill them the loved ones of god and it's that it's that sorrow for them it's that it it's the fact that he loves them with an undying love and seeing the tears come out of him because they don't love him back and knowing that they don't love him because they're blinded by a deception that has convinced them that he's the enemy. And and it's a sorrowful thing. We should be crying. We should be sharing in his tears. Because then and only then will we really want to do anything about it. Will we give God the ability to do something about it in our lives? Um. I don't want to force the issue and make you talk when you don't want to if you're hurting. I mean, is you, you want to, anything else you want to pour out about this? I Just uh, to the people that
0: I can reach, just be on guard. I I see it in my own circle of people that I know, and some people celebrate this as progressive. Some people celebrate this as good news. And don't fall into the trap of joining them. Remember what this truly is about and who this mm-hmm. is truly about. That's, that's all I got right now.
1: I don't know that it directly connects, but something else I was going to talk about that just kind of was impressed upon me this week was... I've been reading a lot lately and stuff has been coming up. Uh, there are scientific studies and this has been going on for years but it seems to be jumping out a little bit more at least that I've noticed is that there are studies out there that say that our entire physical existence not just our planet not just our solar system the entire, the galaxy, the universe everything there's evidence out there to say that we are a hologrammatic construct that comes from a greater reality. And it seems that there's growing fervor in the scientific community about this. And I read something else. I read something, this came up again because I read an article the other day that said uh, one of these leading scientists that's looking into this is saying right now the odds are 50-50 that we are uh, someone's, uh, hologrammatic creation that I and the thing that caught me about this initially and for those of you you know who know Genesis and 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 maybe have been checking out the, the Genesis podcast in the Bible in Genesis the very first thing he says is let there be light and uh, I mean there's there is light I mean, we are we a hologrammatic construct? I don't know that we are. I don't know that that has anything to do with it. But one of the things that amazed me about it is that the fact that people are actually looking into this. Now, I realize they'll come up with a bizarre interpretation about it, as they always do. But I mean, if that's true, to me, it's obvious further evidence of the supremacy of the Word of God. Because it explains essentially that that we are the creation of an all-powerful being and light was first created I mean first first put into this we're beings of the originator of light of, of who is light and It just feels like every other scientific explanation that has ever happened is like so obviously pointing towards God, but they come up with crazy ways to define it. I remember we've talked a little bit about it before, the the, the Torah code. The fact that within the Torah, you can take like every 13th letter in this section and get a a very specific prophecy about someone important in history or an event or something like this. Or you can go over here to this section and take like every fifth letter backwards and get another one. And there are thousands and thousands and thousands of these very specific codes in the Torah that just, that give essentially all of history is written in the Torah in this way. And I read there was a couple of books that a gentleman put out. I don't remember his name. I could look it up here, but I don't care to bother to because he's not worth repeating. But the gentleman who wrote these books, very, very clear, the signature of God, how could any man do this, Uh, is an atheist, The person who wrote these books talking about uh, the Torah codes is an atheist, willfully ignoring the hand of God in his life. And he believes that a super powerful being of aliens gave us this (laughs) as as codes that hopefully we would someday find and would lead us to save ourselves. And I'm just... just, uh, the stupidity that we come up with trying to willfully ignore the obvious. It's amazing to me.
0: It's funny that you bring that up because something else that just pops in my head that I was going to mention. And you and I have our own kind of theories about this. um, Some of them based upon some of the things that we've read too. But in my own personal circle of people that I know, I had noticed on Facebook and, and stuff like that, that People were reporting weird things in the sky. They're reporting UFOs. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, well, that's kind of weird that... um, And people that are not connected, but maybe through me, you know, I'll see on one page, he posted something. An old coworker of mine posted something around our state capitol. They actually had a video, and I watched it. And I was like, well, that could be something, I suppose, but it also could just be uh, a reflection of something, you know. So I'm, I'm looking at all these things... And that just got me wondering, are UFOs, like it, it, it seems to me like there's been a long time where it, uh, I hadn't really uh, heard much about UFOs and that kind of stuff. So I just did a little bit of research and popped up a couple of uh, news articles that were saying that in the last couple years, UFO sightings and reports were on the rise during COVID specifically. And there were several states that were saying, uh, for some reason, just on a state level, our reports are on the rise. And then there are groups that say that this happens every so often, every couple years. They fluctuate. They'll be on the rise, and then they'll die down, and then they'll rise. But uh, I find it interesting with everything else going on in the world, this also seems to be happening. But it's not... Hitting the you know the front page news because we got other things we need to worry about I suppose. But uh, my personal feelings on that kind of stuff is that uh, UFOs and aliens and all this kind of stuff that uh, atheists might use as even even supposed scientists that we put a lot of uh, credibility into want to have crazy theories about aliens creating life on this earth and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Anything that is not God, they'll, they'll try it. But I personally feel that all of that kind of stuff is not, it's not little green men from Mars. It's demonic. Yeah. Um, There is obviously stuff going on in the world. There is way more going on in the spiritual that we know about. So I do find it interesting that the numbers are rising of what people are seeing but I don't think that's anything to do with little green men. I think that has something to do with they're seeing glimpses of what's going on in the spiritual. Yeah. Of the great battle that's going on in the spiritual.
1: Now, something else, if you have the time and the ability and the inclination, and I thought about this before when you were talking about the Pope, and you know about these books and you've read them as well, but I very much suggest a series of books by Tom Horn and Chris Putnam. Absolutely. Called uh, Petrus Romanus. Exo-Vaticana and On the Path of the Immortals and there are other books that they've written as well if you want to check them out but these three in particular were very fascinating talking about just a study of what's happening in the world and what's coming. Uh, Petrus Romanus they, uh, they wrote because of this there's there's a prophecy of the popes for those of you who don't know where they name that someone years ago uh, centuries ago had a prophecy th- about every Pope and what they were going to be like you know just cer- certain aspects about them and so on and so forth and they get into are, you know how accurate have they been what you know what is behind this prophecy and the reason it was important is because at the time they wrote the book we were coming up on the final Pope. They weren't there yet when they wrote the book. We are now on the final Pope. And and so what does that say? Why is that important? You know, Why is, is this the last pope? Uh, when, they wrote, when they finished writing that book, there were basically people who were telling them, wait a second, you didn't go all the way. What about, what about the alien conspiracy in, in the Vatican? And what? What are you talking about? And so they, they continued writing, and then Exo-Vaticana is talking about the rise of aliens in the world. And again, they do speak about how uh, I believe this is a spiritual deception that's coming, but they do talk about where all this leads and what's been going on in the world and how the Vatican is on the brink of coming out with a revelation of alien life and how they've been in communication with it. And this is a demonic deception that's going to take a lot of people. It is going to mislead many, many people, and they finished that book. And people came to them and said, "Wait, what about you know this and these this phenomenon and these portals and these magical mystical places?" And they kind of went, "What? What are you talking about?" And that led them to another place. And on the path of the immortals is another one, and it and it talks about you know uh, portals. That you know to connect to the spiritual plane and and history of weird phenomenon going on in the world, and connecting it to CERN, and connecting it to different places in the world where where mysterious phenomenon has happened, and talking about how this is not a new phenomenon of alien life going on, but uh, it's just as society and if people have changed the the method of the deception has slowly changed we used to see goblins and imps and fairies and and now we're seeing et and alien mythology and basically they connect it to it's all the same thing it's just part of this deception uh getting people and they're a fascinating series of books that connects all of this together and that's why when I talked about this hologrammatic universe, I said it's kind of got a connection, and that's part what I was thinking about. Uh, I, I highly suggest those books to anyone who uh, wants to dig into these phenomena and and why they're all connected.
0: And I find it interesting that uh, um, that media, what we watch and what we absorb, they try to test the waters. They try to... Um, they start. To, they try to normalize things that we as a society would say, no, that's not right. But they, they use that as a way to start the process of normalizing things. Um, and I just find it interesting that if you look at media, when I was younger, there would be movies about aliens and these kind of things, and they were always coming to destroy us. Independence Day... Uh, they wanted our resources, they were going (laughs) to blow us up, all this kind of stuff. I have noticed, this is just me, uh, this is not coming from any articles or anything like that, but I have noticed in the last, in the recent years, it's almost as if they're trying to paint the aliens as friends, as superior, but caretakers, all of these kind of things. Um, I could list a bunch of examples, but... I just find that interesting. Is that a way of trying to prepare us to normalize this kind of supernatural stuff in our life? When, when revelation happens, when the battles that are happening in the spiritual, I don't think that special effects and movies and whatnot are too far off. I think they are brilliant battles our battles here in actual war are brilliant we can light up the night sky with our rockets and our and our now we have laser guided rockets and things that were science fiction you know 50 years ago are just happening now so i think of it as these kind of movies and these special effects and all this kind of stuff it's not too far off from what could actually be happening in the spiritual Yeah. You know, bright colors and these magical explosions and just these things. But I I, I did, I personally have noticed to me, it seems like in the stuff that I've read, video games that I've played, movies that I've gone to, TV shows, it's like they're trying to make aliens on par with us or better than us, but they're always, they're kind of now turning into be more friendly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before my time, to serve man, they were literally coming to eat us. During my time, Independence Day, they wanted our resources. Now they just want to be our friends. They want to help us solve our world problems. They want to they want to include us in a galactic society. I just find that interesting.
1: No, I, I hear you. Um, I don't mean to jump off the topic, but um, something else before I forget... One of the reasons I brought up the hologrammatic universe thing was because uh, I'm a gamer, have been all my life I play video games and for those of you who are uh, who, who love video games too you might have heard of such a thing uh, as a no death run. And I've been playing some of my favorite games recently uh, with that in mind and what a no death run is when you play the video game, uh, you go through and you just you just experience the game. Uh, you play, you play for the story. You play, you know, whatever. And there will be times when you die in the video game, and you ah, oh, drat, I screwed up there. So you go back to an old save point, and you you try that again. Maybe with a different tactic. Maybe just same tactic. Just hopefully, I do better this time. Uh, shoot properly. Jump properly. Uh, uh, fix the puzzle. In the you know more accurately what whatever game you're playing in a no death run one death and you end the game you don't just keep playing until the game is over keep playing over and over and over Uh, a death ends your game and you have to start over completely from the very beginning if you want to play again and this is, in in a game, it's it's intended to increase the, you know, the level of difficulty. You know, especially for a game you've played so many times, you just feel, you know, like, it's almost getting boring. Brad, have you ever done this? Have you ever played no death runs in video games?
0: Not necessarily. Um, not because uh, I'm not, not saying I'm above video games or anything like that just don't have the time to play games anymore right but when I was younger games were naturally just harder and you kind of had to do that no matter what oh okay (laughs) when I was younger there weren't save points and whatnot Um, Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle or whatever it was uh, way back on the NES you died in there you you, you maybe had three lives but if you lost them you started all the way over at the beginning and the very first time my mom loved telling this story but the very first time I ever cursed (laughs) was playing that game because oh, wow. I was about ready to die and I told Bugs Bunny to run like hell. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah, at, you're right. I, I grew up on the quarter machines and uh, when your lives were up, you were dead. You had to, you had to start over. There was no save point. Uh, Zelda was the first game that ever had a save point uh, and that was amazing to yeah. me. Uh, wow, this is so cool. But, you know, now the way games are, you know, you're you're playing a story. You're playing in an open world, and you're just experiencing these characters' lives, and you're just going up, and then you'll meet a monster, and it kills you, and, ah, drat, and you, go, and you reload the game from an earlier save point, and you go back into that dungeon. You go face that monster again with a different mentality, or maybe you go, you say, well, he beat me, so I better go over here and build up my armor or whatever, and, or you go to a different area of the game. Come back when you're stronger a no death run is is saying nope the monster beat me i have to go all i have to i have to eject everything and go back to square one
0: which when you consider the amount of uh the the amount of space and time and energy mm-hmm. that they put into these video games nowadays that could be hours and yeah. hours and hours
1: so right now i'm doing that with uh, elder scrolls 5 skyrim and i'm at like level 25 now and so I've, I've cleared about a sixth of the map. And, and so it would be like if I walk into this particular map or this particular dragon suddenly flies down out of the sky and kills me, I have to lose all of that progress and start completely over. That basically means I quit. I can't just keep playing the game. I'm on a no-death run, so I quit. And it occurred to me with this hologrammatic universe, we're on a no-death run. And that, that's where all of this is going. <laughs> this life is a no-death run. This, this, this life is, is just that, uh, we're playing to get it right. And so many of us are playing casually, like it doesn't matter. We don't care. And, and that, that was just impressed upon me by, by my playing this way is, and and this, I remember when I, I first started hearing these theories that we're in a hologrammatic universe and I had put on um, I got a PSVR. and I had put this thing on and you know it's it's a virtual reality system. I'm blown away with it. Like every, like most people who are, you, you put on the, the machine and you put on the headset and you you suddenly you're in a VR world and you're like, Whoa, this is amazing, this is so cool. And I was kind of, I was convicted by the fact that now, then later, I'm driving around and I'm looking up at the sun and the sky and the clouds and and everything. And I'm going, God, how is it that I'm so impressed by a VR world and I'm not looking around this world that you've created, and I'm looking around so casually, why am I not impressed by this, by every single blade of grass, by, by the dew on the treetops, you know, on the trees, by, by all of the amazing, you know, the, the, the creatures and the animals and the in- intricacy of everything that's going on here because we just lived it all of our lives. We, we just take it so casually, you know, uh, that why am I so impressed by that? And not by you, and i was- I was convicted by that, you know, just the fact that this all of this this entire galaxy, this entire universe is his creation, and I just treat it as everyday happenstance, but that game, oh my goodness, that blew my mind that was amazing
0: I have the same thought process for like uh movies and we were talking about some old movie not too long ago. And you and I are like, wow, I remember when I first saw it, the graphics were just amazing and the mm-hmm. special effects blew my mind. But then my wife who ha- my wife and I, we have a little bit of an age difference. And I was like, but I wouldn't want her to watch it because she won't be impressed. And that made me realize, every movie has special effects now. They really can't, they don't really top each other anymore. Yeah, There for a while, special effects were coming in and uh, they'd have some new advancement and we'd go see the next big movie with special effects and we'd have our popcorn and we'd just sit in that theater and we'd just be blown away. Well, now we just expect it. We expect every movie to have Mm -hmm. nice looking graphics and and to just have some big battle sequence and and, and whatnot. So, yeah, you just you start to lose Mm -hmm. your appreciation and your love for it
1: remember when star wars came out and it was so amazing and it did an amazing job all respect to the people who created that film for 20 years after the original star wars came out it was the standard it was still the standard nothing could match it and now you know it's easy to look back uh, at that and go oh it's still impressive and it still does a great job and i still enjoy watching it but we were talking about the lightsaber battle the other day between Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader. Yeah, and how cheesy it looks now, and how it looks poor someone, in comparison to what they've done now.
0: Yeah, someone at home um, reshot that sequence just using their home computer, and they they made it look
1: so much better. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like and 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 it looks really it looks real. It looks like wow. The, yeah. Alec Guinness. Looks like
1: it should be a part of that movie.
0: <laughs> Fighting Darth Vader. and it, Yeah. And it just that just amazed me. But back in the day, those two older gentlemen, or one in the costume and, and Alec Guinness standing there with their fake little batons hitting each other and then adding just that little bit of effect of, the, of a laser sword just
1: blew people away. Yeah. And I remember my dad talking about, you know, he was seeing movies as, when he was a kid, you know, before I was born. And just being horrified by the monster, and, and just, oh my goodness, you know, just terrified. And he watches that same movie today and goes, what was I so scared of? What in the world is cheesy and stupid? Uh, you know, you're right. It's uh, when you look at a movie and a creation of man, and then you look in comparison with what God has done. It's almost like now I, I kind of treat it this way. It's almost like looking at your child, and and let's let's imagine you know your, your four or five year old child putting together a, a piece of artwork that you go, wow, no, I'm impressed. You did this, but it's not. You you're, you seriously are impressed because of their age, because they shouldn't be able to do something like this. I impressed people when I was young because my mom taught me how to read when I was three. So when I was three and four and I'm, I'm actually picking up a newspaper or a book and I'm actually reading it, people, wow, I'm so impressed. But I, I wasn't truly doing anything that was amazing. How many, you know, I can read today. Uh, anyone can read, you know. It's like I wasn't doing anything that was truly spectacular. It was just spectacular for my age. When we look at what man has accomplished compared to what God has accomplished, sometimes it's like, I do, I, I think of mankind as, wow, I'm impressed that someone as stupid as you could do something like this. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, nothing that we can do holds a candle to what God has accomplished.
0: No, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Everything that we do, everything that we do and everything that Satan does is a hell imitation compared to what God is capable of doing. And that just, you know, I think that proves the point right there. We can do, we can, e- even the video games are so impressive. They create, oh, they sometimes they create whole galaxy. They create many worlds and many locations and many things, many things to explore and wander and and, and figure out. It's still limited to computer processing and Mm -hmm. all of those little factors, God's not limited by anything.
1: Yeah. Uh, If we
0: tried to put our best, if we tried to create a world and hold it up against what God can do, the difference is literally night and day. You know, God is so impressive, so more impressive than anything that we can accomplish. And that's why... Um, I will always argue that it's, it's worth investigating his word. If you've gotten bored with the world around you, go out on a starry night and just contemplate. Just look at it. Just remember how small you are. Watch a storm. And just be amazed by the power on display. Can you do that? It's it's all out there and it's all beautiful and it's all wonderful and it's all curious. So if you if you feel like you are one of those ones that are just casually going through your no death run. Yeah. I I would challenge you to go out there and rekindle rekindle the love that you have for the amazement. Put away your adult thoughts for a while and and remember what it was like to be a child looking at the world and, and let your imagination roam.
1: Kind of on that no death run th- way of thinking, I'm going to go back to another favorite of mine, Toby Mac, and uh, the song, This Is Not A Test. Yeah. And just the fact that, you know, we got to keep it in our minds. That's what I was thinking about too. And on this no death run is, uh, guys, that's it. You know, this, in this game, we need to be taking it seriously and moving forward properly to conquer this thing because this is not a test. This is life. This This is it. You get one shot. And when the death happens, when when this game ends, that's it. You don't go, all right, let's reload. Let, let's go back to a previous save point and try it again.
0: There is no reincarnation. Mm-hmm. And even if there was, you're not gonna come back as yourself, so yeah, <laughs> that's it,
1: <laughs> okay, now I'm getting off on another side note. You ever notice how people who believe in reincarnation always believe that uh uh they used to be a king or an empress or or something in a previous life you know it's like it's like no one was ever you know the moth on a cow's butt yeah they they'll say stuff
0: like. I'm a nobody in this life, but I was somebody famous in a past life, and then they'll ask him, "Well, what do you want to come back? A cat? Mm-hmm. I want to come back as a as 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 a butterfly. Okay, well, butterfly's average lifespan is a couple weeks. What are you gonna do? What do you want to come back after that? And then what do you want to come after back? Reincarnation is absolutely ridiculous. I'm sorry, I'm not going to mix words on that one. (laughs) It's absolutely ridiculous, but you're right. I think it feeds into our ego. We want to believe that we are something more than we are. And so if we create this story in our head that, well, I was somebody special, so I can be somebody special again in this life. Well, you know what? You already are. You don't need to be somebody special in a previous life. You don't need to be somebody special by the standards of this world and this life. You are special in the fact that you are unique and created by God. That's what makes you special.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. But, again, it comes back to what we started with, the depression that comes with knowing that's true and knowing that people are walking away from it. Yep. Yep. And this all does kind of tie in into that. Everything we've been talking about as a central theme is, let's wake up, let's, let's wake up. Let's have the heart of God. Let's cry his tears. Let's chase him and go after the real goal that this game of life uh, has to offer. We, there, there's one goal to winning this thing. How many of us are really playing to win? How many of us, like Paul said, are running the race to win? Uh, I, I, I'm self-convicting here. I'm not. In many ways, I'm not. In most of the ways, I'm not. I, I, to be fair, I've been growing uh, in a lot of ways. But no, I, I look at my life and think, I am so selfish in so many ways. Uh, just today, today just in fact on the drive over here i'm in the car going god i have to admit i'm so selfish with my time uh i i especially i've got to give him more of my time uh if nothing else just in prayer and, you know i i'm now i'm thinking of lord of the rings and uh uh bilbo telling frodo you know i I'm selfish. I am, and, and and Frodo like no, you're not. You know, because because Bilbo in that story raised Frodo, and he goes, oh yes, I did. I, I didn't raise you, you know, out of a out of a magnanimous gesture. I, I raised you because it was selfish. I saw you and me, uh, and you know, I'm I'm very selfish, and I feel that way. I'm I'm a selfish person, and I and I, I've got. I've got to give that up to God. I know I have to, but selfishness is so hard to get rid of. Yeah. I think we're all in
0: that boat somewhere.
1: Well, this is another one that I don't mean to stop you, Brad, if you got more ideas, but this is another one that's fascinated with me. So I had no idea where we we're going. I didn't know we'd have anything. And, and boy, the theme has just stuck. And is just this whole thing has just kind of gelled together. It which, feels weird you know feels like there was something important to say here that that had no idea what was going to come out as we started as these conversations do
0: well and it didn't occur to me until we were in the conversation about the pope but we have mentioned some of these things as a topic in our conversations and it's like it almost like it's like it's all coming together now and yeah. that was not our plan <laughs> So if that was a plan That was put in into fruitation, That was not from Scott and I We're not that smart <laughs> We're not Amen to that <laughs> We're not that smart To figure that out So I just I, I found that interesting So Once again I'll, I'll say it If uh, If we've said something That connects with you It feels like truth to you That's the spirit And I hope The majority of what we put out there is the spirit and it's glorifying God and you can feel that glory that you want to chase that too. If we put out something that doesn't feel right, if it doesn't, if if you've tested that spirit and you're, you just know you cannot stand on that conviction with us, that may not be from the spirit.
1: And that, what you just said right there is so important. Test the spirit's. Because unfortunately, part of the problem for our depression is knowing that, you know, there is truth, but it doesn't feel right, so people reject it. That can't be truth. Uh, because they're not testing the spirits. They're just going with what they want to be right and wrong. There,
0: we are very much a society of what feels good, mm-hmm. which that very easily turns into selfishness. That very easily turns into what do I want then? What mm-hmm. feels good to me? Not what feels good as a society, not what feels good because uh, we're, we're seeking the answers from God. No, no. What feels good to me very easily turns into selfishness. So, yeah, to, you got to test those spirits and you got to do it with a humble heart. Don't be afraid to self-convict because mm-hmm. some of those best moments... Yes, it, it does. When when the realization hits me that, oh, no, I've been doing that wrong. I'm so sorry. Yes, that is painful. It hurts. But I have had so much personal growth because of that. Uh, I yeah. know Scott has. I've seen it. Um, I'm sure he's seen it from me, too. And that right there is worth it, is worth going through a little pain to get to.
1: Yeah. So...
0: Well, I i I think that's a good spot. Yeah, I was gonna
1: say I could keep talking, but I, I think we've 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 hit a we we've wrapped this up really well. Everything is kinda connected and I don't wanna jump into something else just to keep going.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree because it's you know, God willing, we're always gonna have next week to have more conversations. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you're right. At this point, listeners, we appreciate you. Uh we hope you are finding this. Um We hope that you are finding this whatever you need from this. Whatever God wants you to have, we hope you're getting it from this. Um, But as always, this is Brad.
1: And this is Scott. And this is definitely not about us.